is true, and they say, folks, when one door closes, another door opens. That's never been more true than it is right now in the year 2020. We've seen so many crazy cancellations, but the biggest is the National Western Stock Show. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Cattle Pros. I'm your host, Jake Scott. Today, we're going to talk about that cancellation of the National Western in Denver, but more importantly, we're going to talk about a show that's risen up to take its place. To help do that, we're going to interview Mr. Blake Nelson of the American Maine on Jew Association. Blake's one of the founding creators of this new show that's risen up to help fill the void left by that cancellation. He's going to give us a lot of basic information about this Oklahoma City event, the who, the what, the when, the where, and get in a little deeper into detail as to what the heck they're doing down there, what that show's about, what their vision is for it. It's a great, exciting, informative episode, so without further ado, let's jump right into our interview. With well, Mr. ladies and Blake gentlemen, Nelson. we certainly want to welcome Blake Nelson to the Cattle Pros podcast. This is a very special episode, and I feel like I say that a lot. This is always a special one, but I'm always excited about our guests, but this may be a breaking news edition, so to speak. Um, first of all, we're going to dive into uh, an introduction with Blake, but we've got a pretty hot topic that we're going to cover that you're going to want to know about. But Blake Nelson, welcome to Cattle Pros. This has been a long time coming. I've been wanting to get you on here, buddy. Well, thanks a lot, Jake. Um, I've really enjoyed the podcast at this point. Obviously, I'm a, a pretty good fan of yours anyway, but uh, it's been a, a lot of fun and, and very informational. I've enjoyed the, the different folks you've had on. We're pumped to know that you're listening, Blake, and i got to tell you, it's been so much fun doing the podcast. Our guests have been very gracious, as have you, with your time, and uh, we're certainly appreciative to them, and, and it's an honor to get to speak with some of the people that we get to speak to. And uh, let's tell the people that don't already know you a little bit about you. Uh, Blake, you're the Executive Vice President now of the American Maine on Jew Association. Uh, live up in Platte City, Missouri, I believe, with your wife, Ruth, and, and a couple of kiddos up there. How long have you been with the Maine and Anjou Association? So I've been here uh, since 2015. Uh, so in August, it was five years. Five years strong, and uh, it seems like it's been a great fit for you and for the association both, of course, as, as friends, and you and I are. I'm a cheerleader for, for you, Blake, and for the Maine on Jew Association, but uh, you guys have such a great team there with Lindsay and, and everyone else, Josh and the whole crew there, but um, it's always fun to get to see the junior events that you put on and to run into you guys at the shows, but it's got to be a, um, a pretty special place for you guys to work to see what you're doing together. Yeah, it is, and we, we totally enjoy, you know, 90 nine percent of it because we have such a good group uh we're blessed with you know Lindsay and josh are the two that you get to see out in the field and it shows but here at the home office uh marcina fulton and we we've got a great crew she's our registrar Paige jones who heads up the dna and along with uh, assisting with registrations and some of our media stuff uh just it, it makes it easy when we got a great group to work with and they certainly do. And Blake, we could do a whole episode here on Cattle Pros about um, the work that you're doing at the American Maine on Jew Association. And let's do that. But today, what we want to talk to you about is an event that I think you guys have something to do with and that probably the people have begun to hear some things about. And that is the Cattlemen's Congress show coming up in Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, most of us in the livestock community were pretty devastated 
when 2020 struck again and uh, spilled over to 2021, we found out we're going to lose the National Western Stock Show coming up in January. And, um, you know, that's a big event for our family here at Krebs Ranch. It's a big event for so many ranches of every breed. Um, so many people that are involved with sales and merchandising cattle and people that just look at that as a vacation uh, slash trade show slash just a chance to get around and, and get your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the purebred livestock business. That's what Denver was, was for so many of us. But because of COVID, because of construction, because of all kinds of issues out there, those folks, and this isn't a criticism, please don't take it that way, uh, uh, you listeners at home, but those folks at the National Western made the decision that the show would be canceled for 2021. And uh, Blake, I'm going to let you take it for there. I mean, we were kind of gut shot. What was your reaction? Oh, absolutely. Um, like about any of us that are in the, the seed stock uh, cattle business or the show cattle business, uh, Denver is such a huge deal and has been for so long. Uh, it's like, well, what do we do now? Um, it, it was just, well, really, we were in shock maybe for a minute uh, because 2020 has got us so, um, I guess, seasoned to realize, okay, this isn't going to work. Now what do we do? We immediately, you know, put our thinking caps on and got to work on it. But it was tough because, uh, you know, for the main breed, and we're not unlike a lot of breeds, but we do have a really large bull cell out there, mm -hmm. uh, our Bright Lights bull cell, which is uh, very important to the breed and, and means so much to so many that it's like we've got to find another opportunity for our breeder's sake. And that's the difference in our perspective. That's important to point out, Blake, because when I say I was gut shot, that's from a little bit of a selfish standpoint. That is just in relation to our family operation here because it's the largest single marketing event that we do every year. Um, but from your standpoint, Blake, you've got dozens and dozens of people just like us that uh, you have to try and and come up with a solution for and so that's when your wheels start turning i guess absolutely absolutely and and that did kick it in gear because like you said i love going to denver um heck i think the first denver i ever went to was with you and we were still in high school and haven't missed one since so it's such a part of our lives and now as professionals it's maybe even a more important part of our lives uh but it's a great place to to see old friends make new friends and, and all the business that happens there, it's really hard to, to put your finger on just the, I guess, the, the side and the impact of that show. Yeah, a huge scope in more ways than just one. And Blake, it's not uncommon through the 2020, the ups and downs that the, the roller coaster this year has been. If there was a jackpot show canceled or if there was a state fair that was canceled, it seemed like every time we had one of these cancellations, one or maybe even two or three different events popped up to, to take their place or to fill their shoes, you know, at least for the year. And um, But you really got to scratch your head when you're talking about the National Western just because of the scope and the magnitude of it. I mean, that's not something you can just sit down at your coffee table one night and, and sketch out a plan and say, heck, let's just have one ourselves. Um, but obviously that seems to be what has happened. And now we're hearing about the Cattlemen's Congress. Yes. And to, to speaking of that point, Jake, that's exactly kind of where we were. If we, we take a step back and think about junior nationals this summer 
and some of the complications we have uh, that really prepared us maybe to to make this move that we're making right now. But um, that was just our breed alone, which was tough enough. Uh, but then thinking about how big uh, of a show and an undertaking this could be, um, real quickly, uh, you start thinking about, all right, if we're going to try to go here, then who's the players you gotta, you gotta get in contact with to make this happen. And, and that's kind of where we were when that announcement came out, uh, you know, and, and we'd heard rumbling. So we were kind of thinking about this or that, uh, that national Western would cancel. Um, so we were kind of sitting here thinking, well, what are we going to do? But really until you hear that announcement, it's hard to really charge on with anything. Yeah. That's when and it gets real. When it did, you know, immediately started thinking about, well, what facilities can handle a show of that size? You know, what cities have the amenities to accommodate that? And then also, you know, how would the marketplace be as far as drawing in the right people uh, for all these cattlemen to do business? So all those things were entering in, you know, in my mind and, and talking with Lindsay quite a bit about it. I mean, we really, we heard that announcement. It was kind of early to mid-morning about the National Western. I immediately, we got together in, in the office here and started just brainstorming. And, uh, you know, it popped up. Where did I grow up going to a big show? And it was Oklahoma City, just like mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And that state fairgrounds and knowing since we're from there, knowing just how big it is, but then also... You've got hotels within like two miles. You've got the airport within eight miles. It's at the cross section of, you know, I-40, 44, and 35. So it's accessible. A lot of things kind of got thinking, okay, maybe. And the fact that the average temperature in Oklahoma in January in Oklahoma City is 40 to 50 degrees. That's not a bad thing uh, for these, you know, us folks that live up north. Yeah. that all kind of entered and I'm like, okay, I'm getting the cart way in front of the horse here. Is it even available? Because that facility, one reason you don't see them hosting a lot of junior nationals or other shows is they stay booked with horse shows. It's a huge uh, horse venue, isn't it? A huge horse venue. So I was like, well, who do I need to contact to find out if it's even available? And, and real quick, you know, Tyler Norvell, who heads up the OYE, Mm-hmm. I knew he would know or have access, and, and I just sent him a text uh, immediately and about 20 minutes later. Um, and my question was, Tyler, do you know if that uh, the fairgrounds has any availability in January? And he sent me back, you know, some dates, and I said, well, great. So as soon as that happened, I got on the phone with a couple of pretty large breeds to see if they had any ideas, if they were working on anything. And they were still kind of in shock, too. So I told them what I was thinking, and they were a little bit game. So once I found that out, I knew there would be some interest for this to be, you know, really we want this to be more than a one-breed type show. Like you said, you don't want just to be another jackpot. You want it to be something uh, that there was interest there and a need. I started thinking about, okay, who do we need to contact in Oklahoma Lane Arthur, who's the Secretary of Agriculture, who's a friend, and her, you know, her family also uh, are definitely in the cattle business and show. Um, 
I contacted her to see if she thought that might be something that could happen there. I mean, she has a direct line is on the, the governor's cabinet. I uh, wouldn't have a good feel for that. And she was, she thought that was a great idea. And, and we kind of left it at that. And she's like, we'll be talking. Well, hang up the phone with her. And, and, and I get a phone call from, you know, to me, some of the major players in Oklahoma, you have, uh, Gerald Callahan, Mr. Funk, um, Jennifer Callahan as well, some of their staff there at Express. Uh, they obviously know what it takes to put on a national show and of that magnitude because they've done it for so – or not put on a show but been involved. Sure. Um, and Gerald was just like, you know, I heard you were thinking about something. What are you – what have you found out? And and I let him know, and, and it was just kind of through a group effort after that, it's like – okay, these are the folks sitting in Oklahoma that can make this happen. I just, uh, you know. It sounds to me like you pushed the first domino in a long row of dominoes and they started falling pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what, uh, it's one of those things. It's it's not a credit type deal. It's just, I think everybody, those guys, I think Gerald even thought, was thinking about it too. I just kind of punched that button and, and then here it goes. And then all of these great folks jump in and those people down there that can make things happen. And it's uh, really just kind of got going from there. Well, I know it happened fast and uh, that had to give you chills in and of itself that perhaps you're maybe on the right road here when, when things start happening. And I hate to say easy because I know there's a lot of work, but when, when the chips start falling into place, so to speak, you get the uh, maybe a sense of validation that, hey, we're on the right road here, I'm guessing. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But the first and biggest obstacle, it looked to me, and, and it sounds like it was the easiest one, is you touched on it. The reason we don't go to Oklahoma City a lot in the cattle business is because that thing is chock full of horses 365 days a year. So I'm a little surprised to know that you even found a date available right off the bat. Yes, we were we were very fortunate that it just fell when it did for that facility. Um, it wasn't like the, I think that's almost typically their time to catch their breath uh -huh. between their, their late fall run and their spring run. Uh -huh. Um, and just kind of lucked out there, um, that they were available. Um, and you know, too, Jake, with everything all of us have had to endure in 2020 with COVID, the government, government side of it is always a huge hiccup and, and I think after going through that this summer with the, you know junior nationals and different shows, we wanted to make sure we had that box checked before we ever went down a road. And and I'm not saying we had an immediate okay, but we definitely had a, a pretty positive vibe from people that know. So that sure helped. So you, you feel like you've checked some pretty big boxes pretty quickly on this thing. And then, uh, and I hope we haven't given away the surprise, but then you created the event itself. And the name, uh -huh. am I correct? That's going to be called the Cattlemen's Congress. Yes, the Cattlemen's Congress uh, was the name that we came up with there, and and bounced some ideas off. And uh, the way I look at it, you know, we have plenty of expos in the cattle business, plenty of livestock shows or shows, but we don't necessarily have a huge congress now. I know there's one or two floating around, but uh, uh, relating to the horse industry, and we know how large the congress is for them. It's like, why not? So. That's kind of how that got coined and has developed from there, and everybody kind of liked it. We have charged on with it. So you got a lot of the big pieces of the puzzle locked in, but still one of the biggest is putting on the event itself. So as you moved from 
um, just getting the foundation of this thing laid into really some of the nuts and bolts of planning the show. I'd like for you to tell our listeners what the Cattlemen Congress is going to be about. I mean, tell us about species. Let's get into the to the real show itself. Open up what the focus of this event is going to be for us. So, Jake, once we kind of establish that interest and the need and the right people thinking that way, uh, you know, Tyler Norvell and his uh, crew there at OYE, the Oklahoma Youth Expo, which puts on the, the largest youth show in the country every year. And by the and way, what an asset to have those guys right there in addition to everything else that's that's available. Because yeah. <laughs> that's huge. And they, yeah, they do a great job, and it's like it's his house. They, they understand what – what can work there and what can't, um, yeah. you know, and, and Tyler was all gung ho. And, and I mean, I, I think he, he kind of had that idea as well. Um, so he didn't take any convincing there to charge on. And, and um, it was huge because once this kind of got going, they were the right people that, that know what it takes to, to get this thing really plugged in. And, and um, you know, as far as facilities go, because that, those grounds are owned by a separate entity, the Oklahoma State Fairgrounds Group. So you have to make sure they're they're okay with bringing in folks. Uh-huh. Uh, fortunately, they've been hosting quite a few horse shows still yet. Uh, you know, with some regulation there, uh, and and you know the city of Oklahoma and Chamber. But uh, having those folks on the ground that have the contacts that's that's huge. That's irreplaceable, and that got it going. So once we got all those things going, we kind of all sat down and. You know, the people involved to this point were all cattle people. And, um, you know, we discussed maybe some of the other species from the junior market standpoint, plugging them in. Uh, there were s- some concerns uh, just about, you know, added crowd. And, and it's almost like, let's get this first hurdle jumped and see how it goes first uh, with just, you know, keeping it with cattle people. And, and that's why uh, it's stuck with that. Now, we did even though our focus is definitely on breeding cattle and the market, not only the showing, but also the sales with breeding cattle is still trying to take care of our juniors that show market animals and steers. So that was something that of course, being in Oklahoma, that didn't take uh, long to sell everybody on the idea, Hey, we need to have a steer show. Um, so that kind of got plugged in and then the prospect steering here for show as well. Okay, so as it sits right now, you're going to have a uh, an open breeding female show. You're going to have the junior shows. You're going to have also the market shows and then a prospect uh, calf show. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, a market steer show. A yes. market so steer show, okay. It'll just be all cattle Okay. Um, that uh, will be on grounds. Right now, I believe we have 15 breeds committed, uh, and there might be one or two that – that may get in a little bit later, but, uh, a large list being that far South too. Um, even some of the, the Brahmin influence breeds have jumped on, uh, Brangus, Hanger, Trudis, and Brahmin along with, mm-hmm. uh, most of the major cattle breeds are, are going to, to come to the show. So we're excited. About That'd be that. a new twist. Yeah. It, it's something that'd be a little bit different, but it's like, heck, we've got this facility rented and just to back up a step, uh, you know, that facility is, is capable of, of stalling, you know, up to, if not maybe a little more than 3,500 head of cattle all under roof, uh, along with having access to, I guess there's really four or five show rings you could use, but we're going to use three of them. And it's all covered and connected. 
um, for the most part. So that in itself, the venue uh, lends itself to, to really changing this up because we've, we've kind of built a schedule off of a lot of what happens with the flow of breeds at National Western. Um, but we've redundant it in a little more condensed fashion time-wise, and uh, this uh, particular facility will allow that. So a 3,500 one-time capacity, all under one roof with three show rings. So I'm just thinking about um, the comparison to the National Western. We have one show ring that's generally split in half, and you know you can be showing, I guess, the most at one time would be two breeds. So is it your plan to utilize all three rings and to be showing – up to three different, uh, have three different shows going at once? So the plan right now, Jake, is the uh, one ring will kind of be used for staging, and actually that's where we will put our auction block and facility to host the sales because we do have to, you know, keep in mind the regulation for social distancing and everything. Um, uh-huh. So one of the rings will be used for that. Okay. Uh, and then we do have the big arena that uh, we're normally used to seeing the Hawaii show in, the cattle show. That is where most of the open shows will be. But we have a really nice uh, ring on the other side we will use for the pin shows, possibly some of the junior shows if there's a, a tight in the schedule. And for those of you that have been there during Hawaii, it's where the pig show normally is. Now, I say that it hosts that's where the majority of the major horse shows happen in that arena. So it's a nice arena. It's just a little different setup, but um, still will work very easily. And like I said, that's where the pin show will be. And it's actually connected where the pin bulls uh, will be stalled. So, okay. You're reading my mail. That was my next question. I wanted to go to Blake is, are you guys going to try and recreate some of those Denver traditions like the pin and yard show? It sounds like the answer is yes. It is. It is without a doubt. Uh, we were, you know, that was our focus is to try to do as much, replicate as much as we could, and even maybe add some new twists here and there. We did think because, uh, you know, just in terms of turnout pins and things being limited, we didn't know if Carlos would really work yet. So we're attacking it with pin shows for most breeds, at least a, a pin of three, but even some breeds are doing pin of fives. Uh, and we know the facilities can handle that starting off. So, yes, without a doubt, that was something that we, we wanted to do. Another Denver favorite, no matter what breed of cattle you're, you're, you're involved with, or even if you're just an enthusiast, is that Herd Bull Alley, which is massive. I mean, that's a, a, a display of the new young herd sires or maybe even some of the more mature sires that are getting popular. A lot of business is done over the course of those 10 days in those three or four little short alleys. Any thoughts of, of having a herd bull alley? That is something definitely we wanted to plug in. Um, of course, being in Oklahoma, you're kind of in the, the heartland for maybe some clef calf production as well. Um, so that was something we thought would be neat. And one of the arenas, one of those four arenas I was telling you about, uh, they're going to use, it's an indoor arena as well and put up panels and, uh, create that um we were lucky uh with this group we were able to to contract uh aaron dorsey who we all know is headed up uh, a lot of the livestock side for the national western stock show for quite a few years and knows the ins and outs of that show and kind of keeping all this balanced 
So Aaron's a huge asset because she's used to, you know, getting the Hertz higher alley set up and going, you know, juggling the pin shows, the sales, along with all the hill shows. So um, she's definitely been a, a, an intricate part of, of what we're doing. Outstanding. So you do have a really good team assembled, not only having Tyler Norvell and his staff there that runs the OIE and the other events, but you've also brought in some staff, Aaron, from uh, National Western fame that, that knows the ins and outs. So that's a big blessing in and of itself to have that end of it covered. Yes, without a doubt. And that's just it, Jake, is what you said earlier. This is a huge undertaking, and we're doing it in a few months versus having a full year like most shows have to plan. But fortunately, we have people that can get things done and, and know what they need to do. So, you know, a lot of other teams couldn't pull this off, but uh, those guys are, are great at what they do, and it's one of those things you can hit the ground running. You don't have to worry as much about, uh, you know, let's learn this uh, particular lesson and move on. It's they've learned them. Let's just move on. So that's kind of the mode we're in. Well, I would point out too, Blake, to our listeners, and I, I would encourage our listeners to keep in mind too that this is somewhat uh, volunteer work on your part. It's not like you don't have other things going on, running a breed association and and having um, events to plan for. I mean, you're you're in the fall sale season right now. I know you're traveling a lot. Uh, you're doing judging. You're going to get ready for a busy spring sale season with bulls. And you mentioned Gerald uh, Callahan and the crew at Express. Likewise, right. I mean, they're they're running through a lot of sales in the fall, uh, preparing cattle and, and getting ready for a busy spring. So to add this, which is no small feat, no small task, onto an already crowded plate and busy schedule is, is pretty huge. So uh, let me be the one of the first, at least, to tell you thanks for you guys stepping up and having the initiative and the insight and the uh, the the uh, just the willingness, quite frankly, to tackle something like this on behalf of a lot of people that um, you'll probably never get to meet or, or hear them say thank you personally. But that is a big undertaking. I think that's something really, really great that you guys are doing. But I would encourage everybody to keep in mind this is somewhat charity work. You guys aren't getting much out of this, are you? That, that that's true and, and thank you but it's uh it's a labor of love and you know having an icon in our industry like Gerald Callahan who's all in and he's kind of the he's definitely I would say our, our general without a doubt that's uh making sure we're we're thinking through stuff and, and staying on task and and doing what we need to do um that was huge because you know he, he knows so many people in the industry um but also has a, a really good vision of what uh you know what we need to do and uh it's just been it, it has been a labor of love but we're all you know we all need to do it it's yes does it benefit our profession and our way of life without a doubt uh, but we just have a love for the game if you will and, and that's probably what drives us as much about anything is wanting to make this special and unique Blake, I want to change directions a little bit here now, and I want to approach this from a from an exhibitor standpoint, and I know there's a lot of listeners that would have a lot of questions about some of the technicalities of that facility because you pointed out, you and I have shown there as exhibitors ourselves when we were uh, in high school showing and, and were there a lot when we were in college, but there's going to be a big portion of our audience 
who, uh, who aren't familiar with that other than just by name. So I'd like for you to give them a little behind the scenes look as to what they can expect from that facilities. And so the first thing we think about in the cattle business and we're going to show is some basics. What's electricity going to be like? What's the water situation going to be like? Tackle that and just give us a realistic upfront uh, view of what to expect. Okay. Well, I can, I can touch on it a little bit. And, and I do know that the staff there is planning on doing some informative videos um, so you guys can actually see what you're coming into as far as stalling, wash rack, some of those type of situations. Um, you know, in the barn four, barn five, the larger cattle barns, those actually what would be, if you want to think about your stall fronts and call it that, are big concrete slab walls. Um, so, you know, bringing in your panels for the front of your stall is is a, really a must, so you can kind of plan on that. Um, but in terms of water and electricity, uh, we're going to encourage generators and bring your own electricity because all of us know that uh, I believe you could be plugged into a nuclear power plant and bring a show in, and we could definitely blow it up in a hurry uh, <laughs> because, you know, with, with the – the era of double blowers, fans, and everything else running off of that, it, it doesn't take much. But, um, you know, it is set up for a, cat, for a show. Um, so there are, there. excuse me, it is set up for a show, and there is electricity available. Um, but it's always nice to have extra. In terms of water and wash racks, there's going to be some indoor wash racks that are going to be available. There's going to be some outdoor ones. Um you know, they're kind of scattered around the different barns. Uh, I'm not going to say we have a huge long wash rack like we do at some of our other facilities that, uh, you know, can accommodate several several head at one time. But uh, these can do that. It's just, you know, you're going to have to have a little patience and understand this is, even though we're trying to make this the great best show we can, uh, this is the first year, so we all got to get used to something different. Yeah, and it's not a county fairgrounds that we're moving into. No, it's no. a it's a show that is accustomed to large numbers of cattle and hosting large events. So it's it's equipped certainly to handle the the size of this thing. But like you pointed out rightly, it it'll be different, and so there will be changes that we'll have to kind of adapt to. What's the tie out situation looking like down there, Blake? Great question. So the tie outs uh, for. If you want to think about all the, the hill cattle or halter cattle, as we're used to being in that mindset, um, they're going to be on just right outside the, the barns there. And it's it's a, a large, and it is a pavement parking lot, but there will be chips brought in uh, and bedding um, and panels for the fronts to tie to uh, for, you know, those cattle. But then also, if you want to revert back, Jake, to the pin cattle, Right now, our plan is to have some pins available. They will be in an open-sided barn or arena, if you want to think about it like that. That is, it does have a roof over it. Um, and we're working out the dimension of those right now. But you would have a, a pin where you could turn out and turn them loose for the night so they can get comfortable and, and rest and, and fill up and whatnot for you. So there's going to be those two different types of tie-outs right now. We'll have more of that coming as far as for sure, you know, how many of these we have available versus how many of those. Uh, but for the pin bulls, I know those pins are, are definitely the turnout pins are one of the priorities that 
you know, I'm not saying Jake, you ever did this, but some folks bring bulls in there that that's a first, their first trip to town and they may not be just completely broke. So they feel a lot more comfortable turning loose in a pen at tonight at night. What are you talking about? We do it every year, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's their first and only in many cases. So yes. Well, the the size of that facility is pretty amazing. But if I'm understanding you right, Blake, is it still your plan to rotate breeds in and out of there, all of the national western style? Yes, for sure. And and the flow of the breeds as far as timing will be very similar to what we're used to schedule-wise National Western with some adjustments. Uh, we tried to trim off some days here and there when we could as far as, you know, how long exhibitors would have to be there because uh, I know that can end up being a, a long task in itself and uh, something that can wear you out in a hurry. But uh, we did our best to try to adjust that, you know, to, to make it work for all the events. And um, that's it. When you have a breed, you know, that has pin shows, sales, open shows, junior shows, uh, you can't get that pulled off in three days. I'm sorry. We would love to, but it's just not going to happen and be able to get those cattle filled up and everything processed properly. So, you know, you're still in there for, you know, a handful of days, but uh, maybe not in there for two weeks. Yeah, and, and that's a good balance because you bring up a good point. If you're going to go to the expense and the effort and the trouble and, and to do this, you'd kind of like the chance to do it right. And there's such thing as, in my opinion, Blake, as being too rushed where they get you yes. in and get you out and you really don't have a fair chance to get your cattle presented. You know, uh, one of them's going to take the ride harder than the other. One of them's going to get a little sick and one of them's going to have a sore foot. And just having a couple of days to get them over that's it's a good thing. Yes, for sure. So we got a little saying around here, Blake. Every time something crazy happens in the world, we say, well, 2020 strikes again. And since you guys planned this, guess what? 2020 struck again. And just uh, I think as the time we're, we're, we're uh, recording this, it was like just last week we find out now the Fort Worth Stock Show has canceled. Just as big a news, and in some, uh, you know, if you live in Texas, that's maybe even bigger news than the National Western canceling. And Blake, I got to ask, did that affect your event? Has that affected your planning? Have you had to go back to the drawing board in some sense, in, in anticipation of maybe even more numbers now coming up from the south? You know, when we were were building that schedule. And, and that was something that came into mind, which it's normally like at the National Western where the steer show particularly is towards the end of the schedule, um, is we made sure that if something like that were to happen, we could accommodate some extra steers than, than normally who would, you know, come to the, the steer show at Denver. Um, but we had no idea, you know, we, we, that's the thing about it. And I, Jake, I don't want to chase rabbits here because I know we, we probably need to discuss this. This is a different question here. But, you know, our whole goal with setting up this show is not to replace an existing show. Okay, I'm glad you're touching on this. I want you to yeah. dive into that because that's a that's a okay. question I've heard a ton. Is this a, a head-to-head competitive event now with, with National Western? You know, folks out there realize everybody that's involved in this and, you know, on the board or working with it, we all love the National Western. Sure. And uh, we don't want it to go away. Um, We all love the Fort Worth Stock Show. That's one of my favorite shows to go to because I get to take my family to and we 
also show our own cattle along with doing my job while I'm down there. Um, but I would say it's being built to where if it needs to happen again, it sure can. Um, so I'm not going to say it's a one and done, but I'm not going to say it's not a one and done either. So I hope that answers that question. So definitely maybe. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Definitely maybe. (laughs) Well, I mean, and I, I respect that answer. And I, I, I do think that's an answer because it really, until you get this thing under your belt a little bit, you, you don't know what it's going to be like, what it's not going to be like. And you may do it once and say to heck with that. We don't want to do nothing like this again. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, uh, some, somewhat you just have to, to go through it one time and then make some decisions after that. So I can respect that. I want to circle back to Oklahoma city a little bit. And, and again, just ask a couple of exhibitor type questions. So, once we get off of the fairgrounds there in Oklahoma City, Blake, you said it's pretty centrally located to motels and restaurants, but what can we expect for motels, restaurants, availability like that? I mean, some of these places that we travel to have a fantastic fairgrounds, but once you get out of that, it's in a sleazy part of town, quite frankly, or there's a limited number of places to stay and eat. So what do we need to expect in terms of that at Oklahoma City? Great question. So the good thing about this facility, they're used to hosting shows year round. So, you know, in terms of security, it's pretty good. I'm not saying you can go three or four blocks one way and get in a a part of town. Maybe you don't want to hang out and and go make friends. But um, for the most part, from where the fairgrounds are to where the hotels are, it's a couple miles. Uh, If that, it's handy. That's all a safe area. And there are several uh, major hotels. There's a street there called Meridian. So you guys mm-hmm. at home, if maybe you don't have access to one of these breed blocks and you're wanting to make plans, about any of the hotels on Meridian are going to be very close in vicinity to the fairgrounds. Along with that, there's several restaurants in that area. A lot of the chains, fast food and, you know, set down type of establishments uh, that are close um, so you can keep that in mind and, uh, realize it's, it's easy driving. Like in terms of the morning, all of us that go to national Western know if you're staying, well, nearly all of us have to stay a decent, uh, ways from the fairgrounds just because of the nature of the beast that, uh, if you don't get up and get around early enough, you have to fight rush hour traffic. The good thing about this is you never have to get on a major freeway to get from the fairgrounds to the hotels. I've never considered that. That'll be a great change. That's a good point to bring up. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty short commute compared to what we're used to in Denver. Yes, sir. So, okay, something else that we're used to in Denver, Blake, and maybe you guys haven't got to this point, but I'll ask the question. You know, we're used to parking our trailers, for instance, at uh, or nearby our motel. But it seems like in Denver, you park them here, there, everywhere you can find a spot. Walmart, Sam's Club lets you park a big number of trailers out there. Will there be trailer parking at the fairgrounds itself, or will we be kind of more scattered out like we're used to? There will be worlds of trailer parking at the fairgrounds available. So you can park there on site, and it will be in a fenced-in area um, right there close Um so yes, there is, that's a, a good, another good question, Jake. I don't think you'll have to worry about finding a place to park your vehicle because they're so accustomed and set up to, to host in large events. There's plenty of trailer parking in that area. Okay. Very good. 
Blake, you said something earlier about sales. So a big part of National Western is obviously the the livestock shows, and that's probably the main focus. But um, it has spawned off all kinds of different events. There's uh, in about every breed at least one, and some breeds several major female and bull sales. You talked about the Bright Lights bull sale yourself. That is a big part of the Main on Jew uh, show in Denver. Are you guys going to be able to bring those sales in-house as well and, and have those in Oklahoma City? What's that looking like? Jake, I would say uh, the vast majority of those sales that happen in Denver, uh, not only the breed-associated sales, but even the some you know that are held by sales management, will happen in Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, like I said, there's 16 of those sales committed to the fairgrounds, but I know even some venues that are in the area – that uh, different sales have already, you know, uh, made their plans and reservations there. Um, just uh, a few of my embryos on the snow, um, I know is going to have theirs. Um, and that's, you know, a multi-breed type deal. Um, along with, you know, several of these breeds, I shouldn't say several, there are a few uh, breeds that are having sales off-site. Um but I know like bases loaded denim and diamonds. I know they're definitely planning on having them there. Um, so yeah, a lot of those sales we're used to going to are, are going to happen and there still might be a few new ones pop up. And maybe you said it, Blake, but I didn't catch it. Are you planning on moving your bull sale for the mains uh, to Oklahoma city as well? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. We will for sure. Outstanding. So, well, here's a big question now. How the heck do we get involved with this? So, I'm guessing y'all have set up websites or is there contact people? So if I'm an exhibitor and I want to tackle this, what's my next step? So you can go to cattlemanscongress.com and find the website. It's, it's still kind of a skeleton of a website yet, but more and more information is getting plugged into that every day. Uh, there also is a Facebook page. Um, and to make sure you're on the right one, cause there's, there's like the National Cattle Cattlemen's Congress that I think is a venue in Iowa, a fairgrounds even maybe, uh, but it's just called the Cattlemen's Congress, um, and you will be able to find it there. If you have any trouble, um, you know, there is staff that has access to that Facebook page I know can answer questions along with if you make it to the website, uh, there's direct contacts there as well. I'm guessing, Blake, that most of the breed associations will have links to that on their own websites. Yes, I know not only our association, but some of the others are already pushing out information to membership, uh, whether it's by, um, you know, e-blast or email, whatever the case is, is as we're getting more information, more things kind of concreted in there. They're pushing that information out and, and you'll see more of that going out. Uh, you know, whether it be by the pulse, whatever the case uh, in the future, as we get more of those things uh, kind of firmed up. Okay, Blake, and when we're talking about the entries and how people get involved with this, um, are we looking at similar entry fees and, and similar structures? I mean, I know like at the National Western, we're buying parking permits, shoot permits, this, that, and the other. What's it going to look like at Oklahoma City as far as the actual expense of entering this thing? Well, 
Well, Jake, I'm glad you brought that up because we had a lot of discussion about how to do that and, and some of the headaches you have with fighting some of the things you just brought up. So our entry fees are going to be a little bit higher per head. And there will be a betting fee as well. It's going to be cedar mulch, so it's pretty good quality betting. It's not trash. But in terms of the entry fee, something to keep in mind so you don't get a little sticker shock. They are going to be a little higher, but there will not be uh, parking passes. You won't have to pay for parking. You won't have to pay for exhibitor passes or keeping up with your badges. Um, so that's kind of built into some of this. So when you see the entry fee, just realize once you pay that, you're good to go. So you did you say betting's also included, Blake? Well, there's going to be a betting fee that, that gets tacked onto that that you'll see when you enter. Okay. Uh, but recognize that you're paying for pretty good betting. It's not some of the stuff that we run across, you know, at different venues. So you guys approach this, it sounds like, as more of a just a, a flat rate type of deal that covers everything instead of having to buy all these little add-ons. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and same way on shoot fees. You brought that up. I didn't address it. There won't be shoot fees. Um, so not saying that you can bring, you know, a shoot per head. I don't know if we have that much room, but you don't have to worry about buying a passport. So understandable. Well, yeah, no, I'm glad you addressed that because sometimes you, you got to look at it like that. Like, okay, before I was paying this, 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 this plus, 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 and actually it might be a little simpler and, and hopefully maybe even make a little more sense to just do that flat rate. So I, I personally like the way you approach that. Yeah. Yeah. That is something I think was Gerald and Tyler's idea and was a, a great, great thought in making it maybe a little more exhibitor friendly. Blake, I, uh, I didn't cover this with our interview with you. I covered it in the introduction, but tell the people again, the dates of this event and maybe a little idea of how that schedule is going to work. Okay. January 2nd through 17th uh, is when it will be there in Oklahoma city. Uh, if you want to think about it, if this helps you, it's basically the Denver schedule with everything just moved up a week in January. Oh, okay. Uh, it's very, very close to that. Uh, and I, I, the tentative schedule is up on that website as well, but that can kind of maybe help you get your bearings. Okay. And that website again was cattlemanscongress.com. So if you want to know what that schedule looks like, folks, you can go there right now and they have a a tentative schedule. And I hear you say that might be adjusted, you know, a little bit, but that's going to be pretty close. Very close. Yes, sir. Okay, great. Okay. Now look, you know, the deal you've been listening to the podcast, we're not going to skip stock shows and burritos. I, <laughs> that's not going to happen. We've pretty well covered stock shows, but let's give the people what they really want to know when they're in Oklahoma city. Let's give them each a great restaurant recommendation because it's kind of our backyard. I mean, we can, I think we can do some things to steer our people in the right direction. What's a place that you think is a must as far as a great place to go eat in Oklahoma City? Well, Jake, as you know, I'm pretty much all vegan now. <laughs> so, you know, I always think about the place that has the highest quality salad, the freshest lettuce, and no, seriously. If you know me, I don't have the body type for that. So, some places I would recommend, and it's hard for me to narrow down just one, Jake, so I'm going to throw a few out there. If, if you're really looking for high-end type steakhouses, uh, the Ranch is a, a great place. Also, the Mahogany 
Prime Steakhouse is excellent. Um, right there close to the fairgrounds, there's a place called Trapper's that kind of has seafood slash Cajun food, and it's really, really good. Uh, not to mention there's several places, Charleston's different places there on Meridian that are handy. So um, there's, there's several good eating establishments around that area. Uh, the Brick Town, which is kind of the downtown touristy type area that has a, a lot of uh, neat places um, to eat or, you know, for, um, I guess, other establishments as well. If you want to go down there and, and kind of go place to place, uh, it's just a few miles from the fairgrounds, too. So it's all pretty handy there. Bricktown is cool, and that's an old part of Oklahoma City that's been renovated and done very, very nicely. Um uh, but like Blake said, there's a little bit of nightlife down there if you want something to do uh, after you take cattle to tie-outs, but some cool places to eat. You can even catch a good concert down there, Blake. That's exactly right. You can. You can. You know, back in the day, we might have watched Eagles down that way one time, or at least part of the concert, but that's another story. I'm going to make one recommendation. If you want a classic old-school steakhouse that's in one of the neatest parts of Oklahoma City, look up a restaurant called The Cattleman's. Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you said that. It's just next door, just on the same block, really, same part as the historic Oklahoma City stockyards. And if you haven't been to Oklahoma City, there are some really cool things that you can do. Um, uh, you know, I know you don't have a lot of time to do vacation touristy stuff, but I would make some time to drive by that stockyard. It's, it's massive in its size. There's a huge sale there every week, but the Cattleman's is right there on that same block. Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association is on that same block and you sit down and to me Blake it gives me that 50s 60s vibe when you get inside you know it's kind of that dark wood and kind of dimly lit but a fantastic steak great service great food and you won't be disappointed going there either. Jake I'm glad you brought up Cattlemen's because I kicked myself if I didn't before those other ones Cattlemen's is always definitely on my hit list because I'm with you and not to get on my vegan kick, but they have a house salad dressing there that is extremely good. So Yeah, and the croutons and everything. And, and we're not being funny about this. You obviously know yeah. if you've looked at us, we're not salad people. But they, they actually legitimately have a good salad down there that you'll, yes. you'll enjoy. You know, not as much and, as your steak, but it'll be good. Yeah. And, and you brought up the you know National Stockyards is there. They're going to be doing some things in conjunction with the show. Uh, oh. in terms of people being able to lay over there, some okay. different things. So they've been great to work with. And like you said, you know, that's a neat area. And, and I'm with you. It's, it's a little bit nostalgic uh, along with, you know, there's some really good Western stores down there too. If, you know, if you're from some area where you don't have access to, to some of those places that uh, I know those folks will be great to, to work with and be glad to have you. Yeah, for sure. Take a chance to go down there. Stockyard City in Oklahoma City. And the Cattlemen's Congress, folks, there you go. You just got a behind-the-scenes rundown on that from the one and only Blake Nelson of Flat City, Missouri. Blake, thank you so much not only for coming on the show today, but for the efforts of you and all the other people. I know there's a ton of people that are involved with this, and I wish we could name them all, and hopefully we'll have a chance to recognize everyone properly by the end of this. But thanks for for taking this on, for giving us some information about it. And, man, I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up about the Cattlemen's Congress. I don't know what we're going to do yet as a ranch, but we'll be there in some capacity. And uh, we wish you guys all the luck with that. Uh, certainly we'll give you all the support that we can if you need anything. 
Uh, you've always got a microphone here that you can get in front of on Cattle Pros, and we'll help push out any and all information that we can. And uh, uh, certainly think it's going to be an exciting event, and we look forward to it. Well, Jake, thank you. Thanks for having us. And, and folks, please, uh, if you have any questions, concerns, reach out to anybody uh, kind of connected with that off the website. I know we'd all be glad to, to answer your questions and help you. We are all, we're excited about it, too. Like I said, this has been a labor of love for a lot of us, um, and we're wanting to make it a, a great event. And, and, you know, to me, you know, the Cattlemen's Congress, it's going to be more than just a show. It's going to be an event. We're all about it. So come see us. Thanks, Blake. We appreciate it. <laughs>